Well, I know I did want to just say this quickly sure. because you're going to be happy about it. Okay. We tried to get our anime talk out of the way so we could talk about D&D, but yeah. I just wanted to let you know that I started Con Suba. Oh, really? Yeah. Fuck yeah. It's, uh, I, it's I, great. I, yeah, I like it. It's so good. Welcome back to the No Big Banana Podcast. My name is Charles. My name is Justin. Justin and I have already been talking a good amount about anime. There are probably a few other things we'll talk about at some point, yeah. but we do want to make this podcast D&D centric. Oh, yeah. At least like a good solid like chunk of it. For yeah. Sure. Well, there's also that... a lot going on in politics and there's also a lot of anime to talk about. So Yeah. Don't worry. The, the we'll anime will be there. I'm sure it'll be. You start watching Konosuba. Yeah. It's so funny, dude. It is. It's pretty funny. It's cute. And it's it's nice to look at. Um, oh, I like the animation character. style. Yeah. Beautiful character design. I think especially like with the three girls. How far into it are you? I've only watched the first episode. Okay. But, so, I, but I really like what I see so far. It, it it just gets more and more extravagant. Like I would imagine so. Because like, it, it is a bit of a harem, yeah? Oh, yeah. It's I mean, it's like the worst harem you could ask for. <laughs> okay. Um, well, because like, I mean, I think that the, it's interesting to me too. Because like the three main girl characters. I think part of the reason why I like it so much is the three main girl characters are extremely flawed like just the, some of the worst people imaginable oh, and yet yeah. they're still so lovable like Megamim like gets off on explosion magic won't do anything else can only do it once a day but i think part of it is because of the design choices for them like the way that they present the characters themselves so like aqua's dress has like the blue and the white to accent her eyes and their hair about like her hair bow Megamim has a very like dark red burgundy look with like a witch's hat and then um, Darkness has, like, a very, like, yellow and white yeah. attire to her. And then um, Cosima has, like, greens. So they each have, like, a central color that they go to. So they're very distinct. Yeah, like Shield Hero. Yeah, exactly. I love that kind of stuff. I love that. I mean, I think that that's almost built into our DNA probably, right? Because we're pack animals, like, associating teams and colors. Oh, and, for sure, yeah. Yeah, I can already tell that that's one of the things that I like is that it's like, oh, cute. Her name's Aqua, and she's all blue. And she's also just the worst goddess ever. Yeah, and then it is hilarious that, like, she's so good at everything except she's below average intelligence, mm-hmm. but she's good at everything else mm-hmm. simply because of, like, <laughs> the fact that she's a goddess. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And then she spends all of her points on, like, party tricks. So, like, instead of being able to actually do anything in a fight, she can just make these fans shoot water. Yeah. And do, so, like, parlor tricks. It's the best. So it's always cool seeing strong female characters, which, by the way, is a thing that anime does well. Yeah. when they, when I, I think that they've definitely gone to a direction of pushing for that. Well, Because, like, you can't say that, like, all anime. Like, most anime girls are just titties in the background. Well, maybe it's – maybe I'm it's coming a from trend. a – Maybe I'm a coming trend. from a position of, yeah, just now, like, really – you know, I, I've, I liked anime. I mean, you think Bulma's a good character? She's got a good character development, strong That's female true. lead, you know? Like, yeah. Well, DBZ notwithstanding. <laughs> yeah. I mean... I can find you other examples. Brother. I guess it's just because I've really... St- you know, this is my uh, biggest bite of the apple when it comes to anime is this last, like, year. Oh, for sure, yeah. What I've experienced up to this point has been some... I mean, dude, Rem and Ram. Oh, yeah. And Bia and, like, all the witches. Yeah. Like, any any of the women from ReZero are badass. Just Even the bomb. little girl from the village is a badass. Yeah. 
So like the one that like summons all the shit and kills everybody in the town. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, straight up. So that's that's really cool to see. Um, yeah, I was complimented by our friend Cher about my playing strong female characters all the time in D and D. Yeah, which is a good segue into D and D. I can tell you about the story. Oh sure, hit me with it. So is the one the shot. Path of Cthulhu one? Yeah. So, well, it was Trail of Cthulhu, that I wanted to be in, but which is be like in. a variant of the Call of Which's Cthulhu cool. RPG. Yeah. Honestly, it was it was four hours. Jesus. Okay. With five of us. God damn. Um, so, yeah. If you would have been there, we would have been there until 1.30 in the morning. I didn't think you heard me, so I was like really excited oh, that you were I, hear I it. always hear you. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> no, we'll get you in on the next one, bro. Um, we'll do, we're doing one in November. Right on. We're gonna do one every month. Right on, right on. But uh, this one was the we were on a train in nineteen fourteen. One okay. One month after Franz Ferdinand was assassinated. <laughs> so nice so um, take me out. We were on the last train leaving Sarajevo. Initially, we good, thought what a good like setup. For it's it. so good, dude. Oh, man. So I was okay. So so Cher was a woman from South Africa named Dr. Madeline Yelani. <laughs> Jay was <laughs> Jay was just like a fat white uh, aristocratic oh, guy yeah, named class. Burlington Moxley. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Burlington Moxley. Uh, Hunter, nice. Hunter, which is Ethan's brother, was a German army man uh, named Jaeger, and Ethan was a Austrian journalist that wrote for the Hungarian Austrian Times. We hunger for the truth. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was like, I know something with the word hunger is coming in here. So and I'm then like... I was a Russian archaeologist named Anastasia. Boris Nova Cortez Ivanov. Yo, real quick, before we, before we go into this, um, you, that name reminded me of it. Fucking AOC and like Ilan Omar playing Among Us on Twitch. Oh, dude. I think that was Toast a really smart marinating AOC, which of course he would. Yeah. He's apparently he said it was at some point, I didn't see it, but he'd said that he's like, oh, I would never marinate a congressman. And then he does it immediately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, it, it was, I think, and, and again, just as like a quick aside so we can go back to D&D, I think it was a really smart move on their part. Because it felt very natural. Dude, the half a million people watched it. Yeah, and it was Half a million people watching a live stream? It also just, like, it wasn't like a Pokemon Go to the polls kind of situation. It was like an actually, (laughs) like, they were just playing a game. And it was like, to have politicians feel real and to accept that kind of, like, new part of our society was kind of cool. Anyway. When it happened, I was dying laughing, thinking of all of the people across America on their fucking, like, AOL. Yeah, like, what the fuck's a poggers? Internet (laughs) connection. Watching it and being like... So, she plays Among Us, which is about imposters. She must be an imposter. Oh, dude, I didn't even think about that. pretty sus. Oh, dude. That's hilarious. Millions of people all over the country. Anyway, D&D. So, back in uh, in 1914, like, when the war was about to start, before (laughs) before it started. It just, like, starts out with, like, Franz Ferdinand and a car. (laughs) Dude. (laughs) It's just getting shot. It's midnight. No, his car was on the train, bro. Really? Yeah. Like, in real life or in this? No, in the D and D in in the D and D one shot. Oh, word! Franz Ferdinand's car was one of the box cars that was added right before we left. Oh, dear. it was midnight. It was so dark. 
we all had flashlights that we had to use. Otherwise, yeah, just no vision. It was so badass. Dude, I and really want to play a Call of Cthulhu one shot. Because, like, there's something... I want to do another one for... Like, part of me wants to, like... I wonder if Ethan would DM one for November. Like, the thing I, I the thing I think that's, that's interesting about it, as opposed to, like, any other, like... Even, say, like, Wicked Packs or other, like, basic... Not generic, but, like, your standard fare for tabletop role-playing games like that. Dice-heavy role-playing games is the idea of, like, an insanity meter. Like, yeah. Like, losing sanity and stuff. Like, that's such... It's just such an interesting concept, and I love, like, Lovecraftian horror so much. By the way, the the mechanics... The fighting is deadly. You I have, like, it. four hit points. That's good. It's nuts. That's how it should be in, like, and a horror theme. sanity did come into play, um, especially, like, as we got closer toward the end, because my character, like, basically along the way, I found a... Uh, a Tindalo doorway? I found like a gem oh. on this guy. It started like uh it started like getting hot mm. in my clutch. I could feel it that it was getting hotter. Oh. Um and so I basically like he because I was the traitor, he kept Al the DM kept like sending me messages that you can see on the VOD like Oh cool, I was the DM th- because for it? it was from my, yeah, Al nice. DM'd it. And so nice. because I was the traitor, I had access to all of the info. So the viewers got from my perspective what was happening. Oh, that's dope. So like as we were playing the game, he would send me messages like stones getting hotter. <laughs> and then like he would send me a message just like now you're hearing voices. And, like, I was told, basically, like, I have to protect the stone um, so that Cthulhu can rise. (laughs) Shit, yeah, dude. And so, Ethan died. There is a part of me that, like, would be cool with, like, unleashing Cthulhu. There's kind of a part of me that's like... Oh, yeah. Eh, it might be fun. Like, me and my best friend Cthulhu. (laughs) (laughs) Me and my best friend releasing Cthulhu. Yeah. I don't Um, know. It's just like, like... I mean, obviously, it's had so many, like, impacts on the horror community. Like, the horror genre as a whole. Like, Lovecraft work. Yeah. Um, It, like... There's just something so alluring about the the threat of the unknown. Yeah. In a sense of like just existential dread. Yeah. It's just like kind of like intoxicating. Well, and you know, a racist he may have been. Yeah. You know, I'm not he... I'm not condoning H.P. Lovecraft <laughs> as a human being. I'm just no, talking about his works. But what, yeah, but that's what I'm saying is like It's uh, like Edgar Allan Poe. It's like he fucked his first cousin. I yeah. don't like it. I mean, I share a birthday with him. It's just like anything else, man. It's a separation of person and work, you yeah. know. We all had to do it with Cosby. Like Bill Cosby. So, yeah, I mean, he's definitely on that rush more of like creating at least like the foundational worlds. Oh, for sure. Of, yeah. Like basically the rules you know it's like the, it it's like star, it's like tolkien and yeah, yeah. lucas with star wars although you know there's arguments about that no, i wouldn't say lucas with star wars because it's just um the hidden fortress yeah well it's just <laughs> it's just it's just a repeat of shakespearean works yeah that's true it's the same as like uh lion king it's, it's just fucking or like hg wells or king did i tell you that i watched in the tall grass no how was it oh dude it's good yeah yeah. I watched, um, actually, speaking of Lovecraftian horror, I watched Color Out of Space with Nick Cage in it. That was I a good time. Cannot, I cannot take Nicolas Cage oh, seriously. And, that, and he doesn't try to be serious. At oh, all that's the entire good time. It, it actually works really well to the film's advantage. My but. wife and I did watch Raising My Arizona wife. a week or so ago, and uh, that was funny. Oh, that's yeah. a, it's a, that's an that's an acceptable Nick Cage kind of like Conair. I would because say you like, know what you're getting. I would say the same for like Wicker Man. 
Like, oh my god! Like dude. I knew, I knew what I was getting. The bees. Yeah, exactly. The it's, bees. Such a, it's such a classic thing, you know. So it's like I almost like in, it wasn't advertised as such, right? But like looking back, I mean, it's the same as like like airplane. I still think airplane is the funniest movie of all time. It is pretty funny. You know, the Goldbergs think, like, just did an per... airplane episode. Really? Yeah, it's really funny. Fuck yeah. He can't stop quoting the movie, oh. <laughs> and his I girlfriend you know. is like totally We're turned off. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, I just think like jokes per minute with all the visual humor in it and all the actual like I mean it's up there with like Spaceballs and stuff where it was like they just slammed so much into it yeah that like as you're watching it it's or like, Blazing Saddles it's oh like, my god Blazing Saddles is so good it's just it, it's you know what it is dude and like it, it's ju- it's just a bunch of Jews in a comedy writer's room <laughs> And they Ashkenazi are just taking over. Did you just, just take cue me? Trying to just trying to one up each other on jokes, dude. There's something. And I, they, I mean, can you imagine being in a fucking writing room with Mel Brooks? Oh my, I couldn't. Are you kidding me? I would just be. You crying, would be laughing, laughing the, the whole time. time. There's no way I'd be able to. Do and you would else. be writing it all down. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then that's your movie. Yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, it, we're gonna calm the desert. It's, it's just yeah, like and then it's like every, Afro <laughs> picks. It's the best thing ever. Every yeah. twenty seconds, you're laughing. Like, oh yeah, it's the same with airplane man like even just yeah. like his drinking problem and he just like can't put his, <laughs> he can't that's, his mouth that's really you know? funny i really like that kind of shit dude and like you're starting to see <laughs> that shit's really gonna hit the fan i feel like that humor is kind of making a comeback especially like particularly in animation oh, like you yeah. see a lot of that in like bob's burgers oh or for sure like yeah. um like with the kids like gene in particular with oh, those yeah. like the, just those like pun one-liners mm-hmm. but even in stuff like uh i don't know if you ever watched the last man on earth i did not i really liked that show and i think that it got canceled it must have i think it did because um, like i think it from what i remember hearing about it it was like oh yeah it's the last man on earth and then he finds a girl and then he finds a bunch of people and it's like well now the title doesn't really mean anything it and did now the story's kind of falling apart it did in a way lose its appeal like after things but like how much can you do with just one dude jacking off in the apocalypse you know what i mean like well after they got after it got after they got to a place where it was like normalized, then it was less. Yeah. Because like in the beginning it was really good because it was just him. And then he meets Kristen Shaw and she's a fucking comedic. Oh genius. my God. She's the one that voices uh, Louise. Yeah. She's amazing. She's brilliant. And so she, she just has to talk. Yeah. And it's funny when the two of them were together, it was so good. And then they, the, it wasn't as bad when they were introducing new characters because mm-hmm. it was like, Oh, okay, cool. There's more people. And like, Oh, who's this guy? And then it's, it was like mysterious and like, right. but then after, after there's like you know seven or eight of them, yeah, and then they're just like, like right, surviving, cool. and now one of them, friends. one of them gets pregnant, and it's like okay, this is. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I actually like for me, like I never got into The Walking Dead, which is surprising because I love zombie flicks. Yeah, but like I don't know. For me, like with when I, when I was watching The Walking Dead, it was like zombies at the beginning, forty five minutes of nothing. Inner inner like I mean, it was the same thing with like um, Attack on Titan. Yeah, where it was like at first it was like, yo, I'm here for this. It's like the humans' resistance against these giant, like disgusting, monstrous like beings, and then it became like a political drama. And I was like, what the fuck? And I hear the fourth season's really good, so I'm gonna go back and like finish it. But like, I read the manga, and the manga is the most dense. Like you can tell, like just written into a corner as hard as possible. <laughs> like just, just like they get to the basement, and it's like turns out like it's it's god awful it's so convoluted and stupid dude i really want to watch the Dr- the dungeons and dragons movies and do oh like the animated ones and do no no I well watch the, i want to do the show 
But I also want to do the films and we do, should do Mystery Science 3000. Let's, watch, let's watch bad stuff. Yeah. That's what it is. I want to do that. But yeah. Um, um, what's the what's the most interesting setup for a campaign that you've ever had in D&D? I don't know. Last night was pretty fucking cool. Well, that's not D and D though. Let's let's call it Cthulhu. Not gonna lie. I'm yeah, that's about, like, true. Actual games. Ethan is a really really good DM. Um, he's probably the best DM I've had. Although Posey, our friend Posey, is a close second. Posey was the first DM I ever had, and then for several years while we played three five mm-hmm. was our forever DM. He was really great. I don't know, man. It's hard. What's um okay? Well, then I'll then I'll switch the question around. Then what what's the most broken thing you've ever seen in D anD D? Like spell wise, or like what, what's the most like ridiculous turn you've ever seen? Like there's got to be one that like stands out. Oh like, yeah. Like for me, it was like I was playing as a monk and I got a skateboard, so I was able to move like 125 feet in a round, and so like I killed the big baddie while they were driving away in a car. Um, I just like knocked them out of the car and then the car ran over them and killed them. I think the dark pirate campaign, and I don't know if I've ever talked about this, but we ran a dark pirate Ooh. campaign once, uh, where we were all trying to be uh, the pirate king. We were all CE. And C-E. so we were all chaotic evil. Oh, okay. so word, we word. could, we had license to do whatever we wanted. Nice. Um, and we were pirates and I was a half orc barbarian who had taken some levels in dragon shaman interesting which dragon shaman in three five gave you a breath weapon so i had a blue dragon as my totem lightning totem dragon yeah so i had a lightning breath and so the this one encounter in particular was just so stupid because we just decimated them so fast like we had no idea this ship came alongside us Mm-hmm. And I was like the first mate to the ship. And my friend was a captain who was also, we had a spellcaster. And then Justin was like a dwarf or something. He might have been asleep right. during this because there was a session that he missed where his character was just asleep yeah. below deck. My friend that was the captain was a drider. What's a drider? A giant spider. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> and so he hid underneath the oh, deck. God, I hate spiders. And bro. we invited their fuck captain him. over to our ship. And the captain wouldn't come. The The first mate came in his mm. stead. And the mate let him down below deck to his immediate demise oh, by giant spider. Fuck, of course. Meanwhile, oh, God. I, meanwhile, I jumped across the deck. Like, yeah. as soon as I got, like, the Just signal, a big old long deck. I jumped across from our ship to their ship, and I landed. I decapitated the captain. Nice. With a hammer. I hit oh, his, God. <laughs> because my character had, I had, um, I had a feat called Monkey Grip, which... <laughs> Fucking monkey grip. So monkey grip is uh, a feat that allows you a girl to, to really get a, keep a guy around. A monkey grip is a thing that allows you to hold a weapon one class size higher. Oh, word. Wait, so um, you could like one hand a two handed weapon? Yes. Or Fuck you yeah. could two hand an even bigger weapon. Like something for a, 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 for a creature that's like a giant. So I had a, a big ass club. I had a huge size warhammer that i could use two-handed so it was like so there's like large it was two sizes above large 
Oh, shit. My hammer. So XXL. I hit him in the head, and it, his head just flew off into the ocean. Oh, and then awesome. I turned my head and shot lightning and killed three other crew members. Oh, they all Jesus. just hit the deck. It wasn't much cleanup after that. I think we had a rogue. Oh, Rigsby was the rogue. Nice. And he was fucking kukri in his way through the lower decks. <laughs> and then we met up top, and everyone was dead. And we were just like, okay, cool. so now we have two ships. Uh, Fuck yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, that's that's one that comes to mind. We did lots of crazy shit like that though. We had the there was the one time when Posey had just like forgot that I was a Minotaur and he put us in a labyrinth. Oh. He put us in a labyrinth and then we all just kinda like collectively were looking at him. Like people were looking at me and then we all like looked at him and he was like, Oh god damn it, you're a Minotaur and I was like, Yeah. I can't get lost. And so then our mage immediately was like, Well, now we're all telepathically linked. So none of us can get lost. <laughs> nice. So then we just That's some broken we, shit. We I just love that. wrecked shop. Well, it was a tournament. It was like a like a Coliseum esque tournament. Okay. And it was like the third round. It was like the semifinals. Oh, sure. And it was a labyrinth. And he like Posey was so proud of himself because he was like, Yeah, now you're gonna have to get like split up and shit. And it was and like, was like no. Oh no, bro, we're mind linked with a Minotaur <laughs> who like literally one of his racial abilities is that he can never get lost anywhere. That's so, awesome. and so there was a, my, my friend was like, how did that rogue. work like mechanic wise? Was that just like you get advantage on? Well, there was no advantage in three, five. Oh, right. So there, there was, was no, there was like no how... mechanic to it. It was just, I know where I'm going. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I assumed for a second there, I thought like mechanic wise that it would be something like, you know, on any kind of like survival check or anything that has to do with like direction. I think there's a feat in five E that allows you to do that, but I don't think it's a racial passive. No, there's a, well, you know, racial passives were a little bit more broken in three, five, but that's also because there was a level adjustment. Right. And there was so, also like when, when everything's broken, nothing's broken. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, well that's, I mean, as long as you can keep it, like, that's the thing about three, five, like people will look at, like, I can show you three, five characters that you would be like, what the fuck? Yeah. But, what is going on? But here? then I would show you the monsters, you know, like I, I, I always come back to it, but like the Tarask was immune to magic. Yeah. Just completely like just in... it's the, the amount of is difficulty. There a way to like, is there a way to, I don't know, like, cause I, I really don't know three, five that well. Um, so I'm just kind of curious about mechanic wise. Is there like, like an ability or a spell or something that can be cast to undo that is there any way to like get around that probably um there's probably certain spells um that because i mean then you get to like a schrodinger's tarask kind of situation where it's like you try to use magic to undo its immunity to magic yeah well like, we killed it once nice we've killed it a few times but one of the times just justin, back. <laughs> one of the times justin's bar barbarian got swallowed and he cut his way out Oh, dude, like, uh, like, uh, Philo and, uh, Shield Hero just eats her way out. Yeah, pretty much. I've done that before. I did that with a Kraken once. I was a, my, on my Minotaur character. I think um, my character got swallowed one time by, like, a, a gelatinous cube type thing. Oh, yeah. And so then That's I was just like, stuff. I was just in it, and I was like, all of the other people were just, like, attacking the, the lady that summoned it or whatever, and I was like, no, that's cool. I'll just figure my own way out. But I was a monk, so I got out easily. But <laughs> it was the same campaign where I was the Minotaur, uh, where I, we had solo battles, mm-hmm. and during my solo battle, water filled the arena. Oh shit! <laughs> and I was fighting. It was I was one v oneing a kraken. Damn! And I won because I I let him swallow me, and then I just axed uh, my way out of its stomach. That makes sense. So that's yeah. kind of actually it's interesting. I think that's one of the more like just because like the idea of doing damage from the inside out. I think it's a cool concept to me right now, just because, like, sorry to go here, but, like, in One Piece, 
um, there, there's a moment where like did you like that meme about like what about like welcome to heaven yeah yeah we have all the anime ever and it's like what the, all this this is just one piece yeah, yeah. it's like pulls his mask off the really in hell no no that's not how to do this that's, <laughs> trust me bro like whatever it's a great show it's my favorite anime just because like it has to be because i watched more of it than any other anime i've ever seen so like right. by default it has to be my favorite but like he goes and fights kaido like right off the get like right off the jump because he thinks that he kills all of his friends of course none of the straw hats are dead but luffy doesn't know that so he goes beast mode like just there's an entire episode like it's like 22 minutes of luffy just beating the fuck out of kaido yeah i believe it (laughs) and none of it does any damage and he knocks him out in one hit and puts him in a prison so like he's now at a point where he's trying to figure out how to like send the energy that he uses like to defend himself or attack with like into someone so that way like he can punch them without punching them kind of a thing so he's like trying to like so he's in this excavation camp like this labor camp and he's like, great, there's like a bunch of people. Now I can learn how to do the thing. And he's like, come on, come on, come on, come on. And everyone's just like getting knocked out around. And he's like, that's not right. That's not right. <laughs> like, it's not right yet. What uh, What do you want to play in November? For what? We can do whatever we want for the one shot. I really like, I've always I'm really. I'm preemptively inviting you. Oh, well, thank you. I, I am preemptively accepting the invitation. Okay. Um, I think for like something that I think would be fun that I haven't done before would be like a space themed campaign space could be cool um i mean it's more of like <gasps> maybe d20 future yeah that'd be fun there's also like i've been playing a lot of bloodborne we could do like a cyberpunk i'd be down for cyberpunk oh dude we should I'm, I'm oh and, that, and cyberpunk set 2077 comes out in november oh yeah perfect timing must be done yeah uh so um ethan i'm gonna make ethan dm it hell yeah ethan will do it it'll be a d20 future modified for cyberpunk fuck yeah there probably is a cyberpunk game there's probably I'm people sure. screaming at their phones like fucking cyberpunk it's, it's, 2000 yeah. it's a game but I, yeah but either that or like yeah and this is something that i've been trying to work on for a while every time i go and play bloodborne the world it builds is something that i want to do D and so bad Oh, yeah, I feel you. Like that Victorian. Right. Well, and then it gets to a point where, like, you go to a college and there's, like, they're studying inside. They're trying to line their minds with eyes and shit. So there's, like, two There's two opposing factions. There's one group that wants to elevate to godhood by using, like, insight. Like, literally lining their brain with eyes. Like, literally gaining more eyes to see, it like, further up. Like, to expand to, like, a higher elevation of thought. And then there's another group that believes in using the blood of the, the great ones to literally turn into gods so like two factions of like man trying to like evolve and i always like just the idea of like going through a college and like finding all of like the students go like there's even a nightmare labyrinth that would be perfect for like a D setting and like the the actual nightmare of mensis i don't know it just it seems like it would line itself really well but like because of the way that it's so action oriented like single player action oriented the idea of like trying to turn it into a turn based is a really difficult concept to get around and i know you're not listening because you're texting but no i am listening and it is a difficult concept to get around which is why i'm texting ethan about it because if anybody can figure it out oh work. it's ethan i feel ba- i rescind my earlier uh, i just said what are your thoughts on dming a one shot that is cyberpunk meets bloodborne oh fuck yeah it's just such and a cool, he'll be like, like i'll do it it's <laughs> like because dark souls meh like it's a fun game but like the world and lore of bloodborne like hits home just a little bit more nothing cooler than a plague doctor mask yeah i mean there is there is a hunter of hunters who wears a plague doctor mask yeah like she is the most 
badass. You meet her and she's like, oh, you're a hunter, huh? Go. Oh, he just said, fuck yes. Oh, so, <laughs> yeah. so I guess he's down. <laughs> that took no time at all. Fuck yeah. Wonderful. Thank yeah. you, Ethan. Yeah, thanks, man. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, that's what we were doing in November. Right you on. heard it here first. Yeah. We just figured it out. Got it here first, folks. I don't know what all it's right. going to be. We got to get this out of the way, politics. It's going to be. What, what, did you oh, think of the, what did you think of the last debate? Fuck me. Hold on. What? Well, it'll be the 21st or the 28th. The debate, well, I will say Who this. do you think won? Probably Biden, only because I, I feel like Biden seemingly, you know, they were, they both didn't, you know, they both dance around answers. Oh, for sure. But I think that Biden at least seemed more focused on where we're going right. in terms of like, you know, we're going to improve things. And, you know, he, you know, he Looking doesn't, forward. he doesn't lay out any real answer or plan, but at least he seems to be talking in that direction. Right. Whereas a lot of Trump stuff was just like, you know, how, how everybody fucked everything up and, you know, he's, you know, he's still great. Like, right. he, he didn't even really, like, talk about good things that he's done. Well, he, like, there isn't really anything. It's, well, there are, there are a few things. You, I mean, you could, like, from a, like, in the same way that, like, you could say that as a Republican, um, Mitch McConnell's been doing a fantastic job. You know, like, that's something that you can say, even though, like, I think he's a detestable, disgusting human being, but, like, he's a good agent for the Republicans. But I think that, like, there were two things in particular about the debate that struck me. One was that there wasn't really much need for the mute because Donald Trump didn't really have any comebacks for the things Biden was saying. What I, one thing that I will say is that I did, Trump did seem incredibly reserved, but Bill Maher said this on his recent show, um, which I agree with his assessment. He's scared. Yeah. Which is why it's so, you know, even if, even if he's backed into a corner, he fights harder. So to see him so reserved is not a sign of what you would typically consider like maturity as more of a sign of just like he's freaked out. Oh yeah. Which is why he's not operating like he normally does. Well, yeah. And then, like, I mean, just it, like like I said, the, 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 the between the two things, there was he didn't really interrupt because he didn't really have anything to say. Like, he didn't really have any, like, retorts to a lot of the things that Biden was saying. You know, he had to just keep kind of going back to the same talking points. But he didn't really have that same kind of energy that he did the first time where, like, he just kind of shot out of a cannon, like amped up on steroids, like just going at his face. He, he looked scared. He looked defeated. And like, it doesn't help that like at all of the rallies, you know, even at the, I, cause I watched the 60 minutes interview and she said it with the same cadence that he did. And he started getting pissed when she was like, at a recent rally, you said, suburban women, please love me. And he was like, you're saying it all wrong. That's not how I said it. It's like, no, that's literally how you said it. Also, it doesn't matter. Like, it's weird of him to, like, double down on shit that's obvious in terms of, like, whether it's factual. Right. Like the super predator thing, right? Like, he never said that. Biden never said that. Yeah. Like, an article came out after he said it the first time that was like, by the way, Joe Biden never said that. Yeah. And, like, here's what he's referencing. And That was a really good moment when he was, like, when the moderator was like, you called Donald Trump xenophobic for his thing. And he was like, he is xenophobic, but not for the travel ban. I was like, that's the, the problem I had with Joe Biden during the debate is there were so many moments where like, like you have the backing, like you have the information you need to be able to shut him down on stuff. Like when he talks about the economy or like the, the Dow Jones dog, it was better during Obama and Biden. It had a better spike during the Obama and Biden administration than it did during Trump's. So like when he's talking about how great the economy is, it's like you can slam dunk him on the economy because your economy was better than his, but you well, didn't. It's yeah. just there, there were there were a few moments where like 
there are two things that Donald Trump needs to be able to win, uh, or at least like and he's going to win regardless. But like to legitimately win right. is to win over people on uh, the economy and on coronavirus. Right. Those are the two main things. Nothing else really matters at this point. Like, you know what's weird this, to me like, is that the Democrats don't point out the specifics of the China ban. Right. Like it didn't. Like the whole point of it was to get a plan, and he didn't get a plan. And then like I don't know why nobody like calls him out on when he's like, well, Fauci said not to wear masks. It's like he said that when we didn't have enough so that nurses and doctors could have them. Right. He didn't say don't wear a mask. He said right now we need to give them to the doctors. So stop hoarding them because the people who are like in the mid like the CDC did at one point say that there was no point to wearing a mask early in. But it's problematic. And the thing about it is, is that the reality of it is, is that we didn't know what the fuck it was until February. Yeah. January. So we didn't really like. Yeah. So once, yeah, and, and we just didn't know. So the idea that they didn't provide conflicting information isn't true because they did. Also, on the like other his, end, you I have just to meant recognize like his note about Fauci in particular. Oh well, yeah. I mean, like, Fauci was operating under the information that all of us were. Yeah. You know, and that, that's what's so crazy is for him to say the funniest shit was when he was like, "I take full responsibility. It's not my fault." Yeah. Like in the same breath. Yeah. It's it's, just like, it was like what. Oh my god, it was That's fantastic. So it was weird. So good. It's like those asshole people that are like, "Oh, I'm sorry you feel that way." Yeah. It's like, oh. Or it's so... like they, they hit their wife and they're like, "No, baby, I love you." <laughs> it's like, yeah, those are two it's conflicting the things, there's, dog. There's yeah. a Venn diagram crossover yeah. there. Well, Bill Maher was talking about that uh, the the flight from hell, which was like the cruise ship people. Right. There were all those people on the cruise ship, and then they had to take them on a flight, and then like people were passing out in the aisles and throwing up and shit, and like yeah. then when they got there they just fucking let them go yeah they just they didn't even test them well when they arrived they just like let them go out into the airport and it's like well fucking no wonder yeah no shit man that's why new york got hit so fucking hard yeah well because it was at jfk yeah what what i don't understand there there are two things about donald trump's handling of the coronavirus that i just don't get i'll say three one is a slam dunk way to get a second term if you handle that properly like look at what happened in new zealand that prime minister just coasted to another term you are killing your base. Like, it disproportionately affects elderly, which is your vote. And then three, like, I, I, I don't understand, like, even with, like, the whole, like, calling it plasma shit. Just take the L, be a man, <laughs> and move forward. Like, correct yourself. It's not, like, it, it, to me, it, it, if you are somebody who can accept your own faults and grow from them, that is more manly to me than somebody who refuses to acknowledge any kind of failure whatsoever. He's also still so beloved by uh, by a percentage of the populace he that is, it's like, but like you really wouldn't have to do much to, you know, because if the news is correct and there's all these undecided voters, yeah. then that means that they're eligible to get on his side. And to your point, like if he would just instead of making it a I know you are, but what am I scenario and just focus on what his strengths are or appear to be to his base. Just say Nazis are bad, dude. Yeah. Just fucking say it like, yeah, your base, the the proud boys, the QAnon people, all of them, they are not going to give a single fuck if you denounce them. 
they're still going to back you because your policy aligns with theirs and right. they re- revere you as a god. The only thing that that would do is sway more centralized Democrats and independents and like other undecided voters to your side. Right. But instead, he's putting the wall up even further. Well, he's operating under the pretense that he could lose these people who, they're you know, these people aren't losable. And what a these strange, are the kind like, of people that are trying to kidnap governors. Yeah, and what like, a strange, <laughs> like, he's also gotten really weird in his authoritarian vibes lately, like talking about how he's going to leave the country if he loses. Like that's something that someone like when someone loses power and flees the country. Yeah, that is weird. That's a weird thing, you know. Like also, somebody pointed out that um, he voted in Florida. Yeah. With his Mar-a-Lago address, and evidently that address is registered as a business. So it may, you know, there's an argument that it makes his vote invalid. Oh my god, that's which amazing. is that's hilarious fraud. when you consider that like the GOP really has leaned into being the party of suppression yeah. when it comes to exercising your right to vote. It's strange, so, right? Like it, that also like really it's counterintuitive. It also just really kind of like reinforces the idea, like, hey man, there's something wrong here when the president doesn't want you to vote. Yeah, that's something that a, somebody who's already resigned to lose does. Like, well, that's like the thing he said, right? Like th- this would this would create a level of voting that would Republicans would never get elected. Yeah, he again. even said it's it. Like, like <laughs> it's very well, obvious. The, like, then there was the one senator guy that said uh, he would when he was talking about gerrymandering when he was rewriting his district. Right. He was like he just flat out said like, "Well, I think that Republicans should be um, in charge should, forever. Should be voted for instead of Democrats. So I've redrawn my district to help that." Yeah. You know, I mean, it's legal, but. Well, as awful as it is for him to, to, as awful as it is to hear that, it's also a tad refreshing because it's like, at least he's being honest about it instead of these Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham fuckers that are like, oh, well, I don't know. What's going on with with, with, uh, Mitchie Boy's hand? Oh, see that? I don't yeah. know what that is. I only saw like a picture of it. What the fuck is going on with that? Well, is I he think, dying? No, he's probably had some contact with the Democrats, and as it, you know, it, Democrats are time traveling. Well, demons. they are the spawn of Satan. They are the children right. of the lie and revere their god Satan. Right. So you know, he probably bumped into. He like, looks like Dumbledore sh- after he touched the Horcrux. <laughs> yeah. He probably bumped into like Schiff or Pelosi or yeah. something, you know, because like that's the thing. Like once you touch those yeah, people, the, the lizard, Alex like, Jones talks all about the it. Lizard he can, skin. He can the lizard Skin ex- about it. Like the lizard skin excretes a, a very toxic poison. Yeah, it's almost like grayscale from Game of Thrones. Like Never seen it's it. this uh it's just this it's a fast acting disease that, you know, when you come in contact with Democrats. So that's another fucked that's up probably thing, dude. That's, is. that's again I am so sorry it's going back to One Piece. That's another fucking thing that was weird, is like they have these bullets in One Piece, like they're in the prison and like Big Mom has destroyed all of the barriers in and out of the prison in her rampage. So like they're taking her over to Kaido because they're like we need to fucking get this thing handled, and uh, they pull out these guns with like playgrounds. So they shoot a guy in the back just to demonstrate like it just like poisons him like it just like destroys his body from the inside out, and then anyone he touches it it transfers to. So it's like you're just created coronavirus in a gun. What the fuck? I, anyway, I feel as though I I am. Hopeful, like the only thing I can think of that's going to stop Donald Trump from being reelected um, is if the margin of difference is at least 10 million votes. Oh, I think it needs to be way more than that. Well, it just needs to be further enough along the, the 270 line to where there's no, like, because it has to, like, the only way that Biden's going to win is if it's a catastrophic blowout. 
You know what I mean? Even though he is going to win, like Biden's going to win the popular vote and Donald Trump is going to win the presidency no matter what. But if Biden is able to accrue enough votes to hit like, I I would say like at least 10 million excess votes and maybe like 320 on the on the uh, uh, the, the, college. the college. Well, here's the thing: there was a guy on, uh, and and I'm not like regurgitating Mar. I just happened to watch oh, this. Dude, I've been talking about One Piece in every opportunity I get. You're fine, man. <laughs> Well, I had to. I just watched this episode last night, and Mar had a guy on who actually it's really clever. The name of his book is, uh, I think it's OMG WTF. Does it say in the Constitution? And it's about the electoral process. And the reason the reason that it's OMG WTF is that it's for the swing states: Ohio, Michigan, Georgia. Wisconsin, Texas, Florida. Yeah. This guy was throwing out all of these dates to consider. So, like, here's the thing is that the voting is done uh, on November 3rd. Right. The electorates don't have to. They they have until December the 9th to clear up any discrepancies. Right. Which is kind of left at the The discretion discretion of of whoever is, you know, in charge of the shit. So, So they have until December the 9th. And then they don't physically vote for, like, the electorates don't actually cast their votes until January. Right. So I'm of the opinion that we're not going to really know what's going to happen until mid-January. Oh, for sure. I think between now and then, it's going to be a lot of Supreme Court stuff, which, lucky for Trump, he has five of them. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's going to start getting real weird. I think we're going to start seeing a lot of people who, you know, have been fighting for the freedom and democracy that is America for the last 30 years start supporting this Gestapo Putin-esque scenario wherein yeah. like, well, fuck your votes, like we're we're just going to do it this way now. And yeah. I think that a lot of I think that a lot of people will support that because it's him. I think the the scary thing about it is that at least like because i i do tend to like you know in the background while i'm doing other stuff i listen to like debates or other like political pundits or like you know different talking heads you know the the stephen crowders the Voshes, the ben shapiro's the contrapoints like all of that david pacman right in the background while i'm like playing games or whatever so i've been kind of like just kind of keeping an eye on the needle of it and it seems like the the one thing that really needs to happen right now is for the left to actually like unify yeah um if they were to actually because like i think that's the bit like i don't think it's the undecided voters that are going to change this election i think it's the people who decided not to vote last election who are going to decide this one there's also a whole slew of new voters oh for sure and mostly democratic yeah maybe i i strongly think that i bigly think that um you know, it's going to be, it's just going to be a big, powerful election, just a big, beautiful election. I I think right now where we're at, because there's already like, it's insane how many people have already voted. Oh yeah, it is pretty crazy. the last chunk of people who are going to vote are young uh, people of color and women. And those are the three groups that Donald Trump needs the most. And he's currently losing in all three of those groups pretty hard. Like the fact that like, you know, and Florida is a swing state, but the fact that like Florida right now has Biden up like seven points. 
That's game. really surprising. I, you know what's weird is that like Florida, I feel like Florida is an imposter. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Florida like presents itself as a swing state, but like it's not. Really. I mean, how many fucking times has it gone left? Like for Obama? Like I just like I, well, I mean, and they also went gore. I mean, most of my experience. Well, yeah, depending on who you ask. Right. I mean, most of my experience with Floridians in general is that most people down here are more conservative. I've been seeing a Certainly lot of- more than you would find in like Colorado, for oh, example. Dude, I'm from like, Washington State, dog. Like, if you had a Trump bumper sticker on the back of your truck, that shit's getting keyed. Yeah, like that shit don't fly up there, you know. Like, you know, I I think he might, and and this is all purely subjective and just from like you know um, conjecture from just like people that I've spoken to. So none of this is like you know scientific or anything. But like, I've spoken to a lot of libertarians who seem to dislike Trump because of the way that he's trying to consolidate power. Yeah. Um, which kind of goes against the ideas of libertarianism, which at its core is kind of leftist. It, they, kind of. They lean right, but I think like in in theory or in like general terms, I would say libertarianism is more leans a little bit more left than it does right. In in the sense that like it's more about like personal freedoms and progressive ideas. Well, I think that more than anything, and and you know, and Cody, our friend, has brought this up. Yeah. Part of the problem with libertarians, Fuck you, Cody. part of the problem with you? libertarians is that I we hope can't, you're doing okay. We you're not listening to this, but I hope you're doing okay, Cody. The problem with libertarians is that we can't agree with one another. Right. It's the same with the left, man. So that's the one. That's the biggest problem that the left has against the right. The right is unified. But the li- but the libertarians, I think, at their core, at least for me. Um, and you know, I don't even consider myself a libertarian, but if I had to pick, it would be that I think at the core it's autonomy. Yeah. Personal autonomy. Yeah. Well, it's, it's personal accountability and autonomy and me being me having the option and ability to operate without a state, but also having a state there when necessary for things like education and military and yeah, I think also, you know, in, in the same way that like marijuana is starting to become less and less of a um you know like a demonized or or just you know discriminated against right like right. it's starting to become more acceptable in the in like a normal society i feel the same is happening with like socialized systems it, even just during the the pandemic i think a lot of people like you know even just like the $1200 a month stimulus checks or like healthcare like being able to get it outside of your employer is something that like a lot of people are now starting to look at seriously. People who would never just because it's called socialist would never look at it yeah. are now in a position where it's like it's not that bad of an idea. There was an article that came out that said that eight million people have dropped below the poverty line since COVID. Yeah, and look at what's happened to Jeff Bezos. Yeah, like I think the pandemic has really like this year in general. I think. Overall, if like if I were to sum it up, I would say it is exposing the divide in America that has been going on for generations. Oh, for sure. And like really shining a light on our issues and our problems. And I think that's why you see so much unrest in the streets. I mean, we had the most, the longest political dissonant protests in our history. Yeah. I will say when you said Jeff Bezos, it made me think of Bill Gates, which yeah. made me think of this meme I saw earlier. <laughs> yeah. That was a weird sound your mouth <laughs> I just made. <laughs> I know. It made me think of this meme I saw earlier where uh, it's Bill Gates and he's like, I can't wait to see what the future computer, what the future is that's brought to us by computers. And yeah. then it's in the next panel. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like a, like a battle simulator <laughs> and it's uh, a thousand T-Rexes. Versus 80,000 chickens. Oh, fuck yeah. (laughs) 
Who do you think would win? That's a good question. I don't know. I feel like numbers numbers lend themselves well. Yeah. The thing about Tyrannosaurus Rex is they're not they're not terribly dexterous. Right. So like if you get enough weight on them and knock them down, they can't really get themselves <laughs> back up. Yeah. yeah. It's gonna be rough. It's yeah. Rough. I think. Uh, would you rather fight a um, hundred Mark Zuckerbergs or ten The Rocks? A hundred Mark Zuckerbergs. Really? I'd have way more of a chance. I don't know. Are you kidding me? Well, I think ten The Rocks. Yeah. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? <laughs> Are you kidding me, bro? Yeah. He would people's elbow you in ten oh, seconds. Oh, dude, man, I miss. I I really do. Like, because when I was younger, I loved wrestling. I, it, yeah, the Attitude Era was. Oh my the god, shit, dude, dude. Okay. that's the best it ever was. Like, and I, and this just happened recently. Not too recently, but like in the in the in the two thousand. I think in the twenty tens ish. Undertaker finally like had to retire. Oh my god, I don't want to even talk about that. That made me that so broke mad. my heart. What nothing when he worse. couldn't get up when he when he was like because you know like that move that he does when he gets knocked down he just gets up like yeah. just stands up and he's like, what a weird character to come out of that era of just like. I'm the doctor, you know, like all he these was, weird, and then just the Undertaker. He was like, such a good wrestler too. Like, I don't a, know about the guy himself. I don't care to know about the guy who was. It's all really it, interesting but. because, like, when you get like, because I had a buddy that was super into it. I bet um, you Lance is like, <gasps> yeah, Jay, his ears Wrestling? are burning. Wrestling? Yeah, Jay's uh, Jay's been into it since he was a kid and is still into it. Um, but another friend of mine had gotten me into a lot of the documentaries about the wrestlers, and it's interesting stuff because it really is an art and a skill. Oh, absolutely! And so some of the guys, crap. some of those guys are just like the perfect guy, and those are the stars. There's the a, Stone Colds, the Rocks, like those guys that not only have a great personality, they're great on the mic. Yeah, but they're good their at character, working the crowd. They're their, character their character's lovable, and they're really good at wrestling. Yeah. Like, the physicality of it. Like, oh. The Rock was a really good wrestler. Oh, for sure. His dad was, too. I think also what's interesting, like, because Japan also has a pretty big, like, pro wrestling circuit. Oh, yeah. And there was this guy. I forget his name. I forget what his, what his style was. But, like, there were these two different characters, and one of them was, like, the, what do you call it, the heel? Yeah. Um, And he was, like... He got to like towards the top and then like they just didn't accept him. So he just spent the rest of his career just destroying everybody. Like literally destroying anyone that the crowd liked. He would just like go in and wreck them. Yeah. Like just brutalize them. And then he got to the point where it was like the champion or whatever, like the the king. Like it was kinda like an Undertaker situation where like it was somebody who had been in the scene for a long time and he beat him and then he actually like bowed. And like showed respect and then just like walked off stage like not in the same kind of style that he always does and it was like fuck man like yeah. you could tell like a, a hero of his just got taken down yeah and like the audience could tell it's, it's wild man like it, there really is something special to be said about the way that both the hero and the heel can like work over the audience in a certain way oh dude rick flair oh my put God. wrestling on the map for sure like the reason that wwe Macho is a man. thing is because of rick flair because rick flair the nature boy pre-hulk hogan was going around the country back when it was the nwa yeah and people Wait. fucking hated him oh it was the nwa oh weird i thought it was like the nwo no it was the nwa nwo was when the wcw was going on though that's what it was monday night wars um but no, it was it was the National Wrestling Association, I think. Um, it was weird when the yeah, WWF he, had to change from the World World yeah. Wildlife Federation. That was weird. People people loved to hate him. Yeah, you know he was he was such a hateable character a, that people loved him. What an interesting! Him. How taxing must that be? 
it is it's got to be weird to like be the guy that people hate but also like he was almost like trump yeah a little <laughs> he was bit very much just like I, I, my dick's huge and i'm here to make money and yeah. it's like people are like okay you, that's off-putting but then yeah. also like some people were like that's cool so i kind of like him yeah, yeah. So um, we should vote Ric Flair as president. Um, oh God! Well, you know he did the Ric Flair drip song, and that shit. Did was you see him trying to hilarious. dance? Hilarious! He's so old. Oh my God! Did you see Donald Trump trying to dance? Oh no! Oh my God! That's Look gotta be up. weird. <laughs> Just it, it's all upper body, and it's like you're <laughs> dancing to YMCA. They tell you how to do it well, in the song, and you still can't do it. It's about what I would expect from him, though. It's right? hilarious. Like, I mean, he doesn't. It's just his upper body, and he just kind of like. Yeah. If aliens ever came down yeah. there and they were like, "Which races can dance?" So we'd be like, "Well, this is the white guy." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, well, I guess white people can't dance. Oh my god, it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I there, there's a part of me that's that's hopeful still. Like, I, I I can't help but be hopeful about like the end result of the election. But like, I don't know, man. Like I'm, I'm really worried that it is going to be stolen. Uh, there is going to be an extreme situation, yeah, that happens. Because like you know, even like for the like the libertarians, like the fact that he's taking the the streets with federal troops. He's, I think, he's the first president in history to drop that kind of shit on on like to deploy them on American soil, yeah, against Americans. Like even that shit's like that's kind of like what you're all against, bro. Like it is weird. So okay. Okay. Sharp turn back to D and D. Sharp turn. Yeah, let's do it. So okay. Fuck politics. This is what's been going on. Vo- with, they'll vote. With Please m- vote with me and Ethan. So after he said fuck yes, yeah, he followed that up with ooh, what if we had weapons that were trick weapons <gasps> that as a move action could switch from range to melee. Oh! And I said yes, please. Oh my god. <laughs> and then uh, he said. I said modified D20 future or modified cyberpunk RPG. And he's like, I do modified cyberpunk. Could you imagine cyberpunk old ones? And then I said, yes. And then he said, oh, hear me out. Underwater cyberpunk with old ones. Oh, my God. So I said, I'm with it. I need a spear gun. And then he (laughs) said, except with this, it's just a spear that turns into a gun. Oh, fuck yeah. And then he said, what about a spear that turns into a sniper rifle? The front of the spear breaks open and becomes the tripod of the rifle. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, dude, the trick weapons in Bloodborne are so cool. I'm going to be a sniper. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, with a spear sniper rifle. I, I always use, um, and it's kind of like basic, but like I always, in any like Dark Souls or Soulsborne games, I always just go crank the strength up like crazy and just use like a giant club, you know? Oh, yeah. And so like even in Bloodborne, I use uh, Ludwig's Holy Blade, which is like a rapier. And then you like you've got this giant like case on your back, and you click it in and twist it, and it just becomes a great sword. And then you just like slob this great sword around on everything. Oh, it's Dude, so good. do you want to be sisters? Sure. For the cyberpunk? I always play as a female character in in the, in okay. the Soulsborne games. Cool. Um, well, because I'm gonna be, I'm definitely gonna be a female. I actually, character. in my in my most recent run through of Bloodborne, I made my character look like Echidna from ReZero and named her Echidna. Oh my god. Although I am going to be playing a male. We could do Ram and Rem. And our Star Wars. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Like Assassin Sisters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. And I could have like a, uh, I could have a, um, like a staff that turns into a whip with like a chain on the end of it. Like it's a- happening. We have red and blue hair. Yeah, it's happening. Oh yeah, we'll change the names. But I'm whatever. gonna be a, so you should be up close, and I'm a sniper. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. dude. I'm, I'm all about this, I'm bro. S- I'm stoked. That's gonna be so fun. So fun. I gotta tell Ethan about gonna- that. Get ready for that shit, So boys. I'm sure we can get Justin and, and Jay and Olivia in on that. If you're that. a boy, 
like this video if you're a girl yeah like this video if you're undecided that's like okay like the video yeah all will be well once you like the video yeah. if you're having concerns just like the video man so yeah it takes two seconds D cyberpunk underwater old ones uh for november i wonder what system he's gonna use probably whatever's easier to get under roll 20 by the way roll 20 was a fucking nightmare last night was it really what was apparently they had some online event so Uh, so the servers were fucked millions of people on it oh fuck that i don't know what they were doing but it was fucked dude it was like it was like like game lag just drawing the screen you could tell in the vod that i'm like all over the map and at one point i'm like completely away from the map and I couldn't get back up to it. You know how on Roll20, if you zoom out enough, it's just like a white grid on the yeah, outside yeah. of the lines, uh, on the outside of the map. That's where I was, just in the white grid. Oh, shit. And I couldn't, like, get back up because oh, there was so much lag. The, like, the only... It just reminds me, because just last night I was playing Bloodborne, I fought against Ram the Vacu- Rom the Vacuous Spider. And during the boss fight, he summons a bunch of other spiders. And so, like, it's one of the few times in the game where, like... It lags hard. Yeah. Because there's like 80 spiders in the room. It's like, a lot oh, to process. It's a lot, dude. Like, <laughs> Well, what do you think that eight uh, that 1,000 T-Rexes versus 80,000 chickens looks like? Right? Oh, my God. I bet that's a fucking nightmare. I am going to be playing a male in our Star Wars campaign. And I, bet I was talking to Ethan, and we're talking about like... We're talking about setting it up where we can kind of like rotate in NPCs Ooh. for that. So... um that sounds cool. Uh, th- that's the one where it's going to be. I'm really excited about that because, Je- first of all, Justin and I are going to be Sith brothers. Fuck yeah. I think um, you told me about that. Brother yeah, assassins, awesome. but we're both going to be dumb as Who's fuck. Who's your favorite Sith? Probably Maul. Maul? That's yeah, a good choice. Just, well, because he's mysterious. And because he's just badass looking, yeah. like, and all. But then you know there is the argument of like you know people talk about how much of a badass Maul was, but he was also killed by a Padawan. So yeah, I think I, mean, um, <laughs> I think in general, like I, I read the books about it, like the the original one that decided that there was only two Sith ever. Yeah, um, the one who has power and one who's trying to accept that power, like, which is odd. I forget his name, but like it was a good book. It was a good book series. It was like three books, and like he just goes through and kills all the other Sith. Yeah. So like I can be, I'm the only one that can contain this power or whatever. So it's kind of hard to say like who your favorite Sith is, but there's a lot of good books too. Like it's um, amazing how much canon out there is for Star Wars. Oh, dude, the Jedi Apprentice series, which was actually written for kids, I read it when I was like 15. It's yeah. written for like 10 year olds, but I read it when I was like 15. But it was so good. And, and oh, I believe because it. they're sm- because they're written for kids, they're small, so you can chew through them. I read the whole series over the summer. There were like 20 or 30 books or something. Mm-hmm. It's the story of when Qui-Gon was training Obi-Wan. Right. So Obi-Wan, this is like pre-episode one stuff. Right. So you really get to see how much of a bad motherfucker Qui-Gon Jinn is. Oh, yeah. Holy shit, dude. He fucks shit up I in think those Grievous books. was pretty cool. Yeah. Grievous is cool. Dooku's like creepy. Yeah. And the Emperor is always like... Fun. Well, it, it depends because you know I put. What should in, we do with all this extra meat? Steer it. I put in so much time on Battlefront Two, um, heroes versus villains. Right. The Emperor was always like one of my favorite villains to play because I would just run around lightning people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how sad is that though? Like that because Anakin lost his hands, he couldn't use the lightning. Like how much more badass would Darth Vader have been? He would have been OP if he could use the lightning. Well, yeah, I don't know though, dude. That fucking the force choke shit is. I feel really. I, I honestly like. I feel really bad for the for the prequel because like the story is so much better in the prequel, but 
the limitations of the video at the time kind of like when you see the jedi fights it's very much like what you would see like two kids doing that are just learning how to use photoshop or like after effects i disagree with really? the assessment that there was that it was a good story i thought it was better than the prequels the the original three. Oh, you're talking about episode seven yeah sorry i probably mis- okay. misspoke i meant the ones that came out first okay yeah. i thought you meant no 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 the prequels one. were trash I meant, I meant like the original set, like episode four. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and and the remasters are fucking weird because yeah. they did it in the nineties, where it was like we Still can do like, a little bit more stuff, but now it looks even weirder. Yeah, exactly. Like, but when you watch the original, like the original cut, where that fucking Tauntaun running on Hoth is just some claymation. Yeah, that's the shit I like. Yeah, I mean there is there is like a, like kind of like a campy good vibe about it, but I just feel kind of bad because like Darth Vader didn't really get much chance to shine. I mean, I guess like in the video games and stuff, there are cutscenes with him where he is like wrecking house and stuff. But like, well, you also have to consider the times. Right. Too. Yeah, exactly. Like in the seventies, that was the hottest shit. That shit ever was seen. crazy. Yeah. It was like we're in space. I mean, we had just gotten to space the decade before. Yeah. So the idea of like this whole story is in space, and then there's this really spooky. Well, plus like what else was out at the time? You know what I mean? Like. It was the ultimate science fiction like yeah. blockbuster. It was really fucking nuts, and uh, I, I still can't believe that fucking what's his fuck the guy who did Titanic and did Avatar, James Cameron. James Cameron. Fucking, I can't believe he's trying to do like five different avatars. It's like, dude, it's the same. Stop. Yeah, you got away with it once. Yeah, which... it's like it's like all the extra like Transformers movies. What happened with those? Can I don't know. First of all, I never liked any of them, but I mean, Avatar's just Fern Gully, right? It is. Avatar, Fern Gully was the shit when I was younger, bro. <laughs> Avatar's Fern Gully. Yeah. That's, those are words to live by, I think. Avatar Gully. Avatar. The f- f- Fernatar. Fernatar. There you go. There you go. That's <laughs> okay. the name of the episode. All right. I'm, I, can, I'm work, I work with that. Fuck it. Yeah. Hey, we talked about D&D. Yeah, we did. A pretty good amount. And we did still talk about politics. We didn't talk as much about anime. Oh my gosh, Fire Force. Oh, dude. Holy hell, How dude. weird is that, like, relationship between... Charon oh. is the dopest dude. of motherfuckers on He just, Earth. like, takes that nuclear strike into his body and He's like, it back out. Well, I'm a protector. Yeah, that's what I do. I'll just take this sun Go for worth it. of radiation. Yeah. How and cool then was wins that, the kid over anyway. <laughs> like, I really did like the, the radiation shit. That was oh, such yeah. an interesting and unique... Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NoBigBanana. And send us emails on NoBigBanana yeah. at gmail.com. We'll, we'll, we'll see you next week. Nuclear. Nuclear?